0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen Gerrard says he'll be tougher on his players this season to try and stamp out ill-discipline. Neil Lennon says the Champions League qualifying schedule is ridiculous and Kenny Miller says he'll be getting no special treatment from his old pal turned manager Gary Caldwell. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio t- tonight is our marquee man, Hugh <laughs> Keevans. Well, keeping 11 players on the park on a weekly basis, Andrew will be essential if Rangers are to progress in a new season. How many goals, for example, would uh, Alfred Mar- Elos have scored if he hadn't been a red card magnet and how much of a difference could those extra goals have made to a Rangers side who didn't make a cup final and finish nine points behind Celtic in the league and in other business today Arsenal have bid £40 million for Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace does their transfer budget then extend to bidding the kind of money that Celtic want for Kieran Tierney? Lots to talk about tonight on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Make sure you get involved. Give us a call on 0141-951-1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But we'll kick off with those Stephen Gerrard comments. Mm. Hugh, Rangers finished up on their pre-season training camp over the weekend. Stephen Gerrard was addressing the, the, the ill-discipline really that, that was across the squad last season. 12 red cards. Yeah. For his side, uh, Alfredo Morelos did have one of those rescinded. Ryan Kent had a retrospective action as well on top of that. So it was certainly an area that Steven Gerrard talked a lot about during the season and it was certainly something that, that did affect them. His, his quotes uh, that he was talking about today, I didn't know the players well enough last year. I'll definitely be more strict moving forward. When I came in, I had a chat with the players and there didn't seem to be a big problem with discipline the year before. So I didn't think that I needed to be as strict as I'm going to be this season. There's a great managerial cliche which says to players that you're not used to me sitting in the stand. Uh, And that is abundantly true of uh, Steven Gerrard and what happened last season. You know, for me... Morelos had a terrific season in terms of scoring goals It could have been a phenomenal season Had he not spent so much time sitting in the stand And what difference might he have made To a team that didn't reach either of our cup finals And finished nine points behind Celtic So what Steven Gerrard is doing Is asking his players for a higher degree of professionalism He shouldn't have to ask in the first place You can throw out all the sort of if, buts and, and maybes That you like But when you look at Rangers' season in terms of the discipline, could it have possibly been the thing that cost Rangers a proper league title challenge or at least a cup? Well, there were occasions when Rangers let themselves down and it had nothing to do with ill-discipline. The amount of uh, points they dropped to Steve Clark's Kilmarnock, for example, uh, would uh, have wiped out the eventual gap difference between Celtic and Rangers. So it's not... The overriding factor Because Rangers let themselves down On too many big occasions But you've got to start with proper discipline If you want to get anywhere And the name that obviously kept cropping up Was Alfredo Morelos When it came to discipline There was five red cards One of those was rescinded But he's clearly not the sole offender You look at it Twelve red cards There was one for Alan McGregor One for John Flanagan Ross McCrory Andy Halliday Scott Arfield There was two for Daniel Kandias So Mm. it is a widespread problem in the, in the squad Well you, you look at a player like McGregor First class goalkeeper But he's 37 years old And he behaves like a kid So you've got to say to him What are you doing to me? 
you know, you are a first-class goalkeeper. Why are you conducting yourself in this fashion? So, yes, Steven Gerrard has a, a problem in that direction. And if it repeats itself in the coming season, then it'll end up in the same tale of woe. So he knows that he must get a higher degree of professionalism. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Jeffrey is a Rangers fan in Giffnock. Jeffrey, what's your point tonight? Right, well, I've got two points. And it's not often I agree with Mr. Keevans, but um, other points that he's made I agree with. We need to cut out the old discipline. It was just unfortunate with the red cards. As I've said previously when I've been on the phone in, if we can cut out the badness and keep the discipline. I think we're going to give Celtic a good fight this coming season and with this, with, with the signings I think we're going to have a great chance Yeah, Rangers will be Celtic's only challenger for the title in the season ahead um, despite the signings that Aberdeen, Hibs and Hearts have made they, for me, do not have the sustainability for a challenge for the title uh, so it's down to Rangers They've got in good players uh, But discipline is essential It's not unfortunate It's your own fault If you get that number of red cards uh, And as I say Experienced pros like Alan McGregor uh, Have got to realise that they let Stephen Gerrard down last season mm-hmm. Right, now can I make another point? I'm not sure if you're aware um, Over the Ladies World Cup VR has been in action now, unfortunately, I feel sorry for the Scotland squad who played very well, um, and we are cost them two results. Although the Argentina game, being three being three nil up, mm-hmm. um, was ill discipline in the defence. But um, with some of the decisions taking seven, eight, nine, even ten minutes to make. Is it not? Is it going to make the referees' job a lot harder when they don't give penalties that they don't think are penalties, and then VAR comes in and says, "Go and look at it," and then they change their mind? Um, do you think it's going to work um, this coming season, in, especially in Europe? I think the evidence that we have gathered so far shows that VAR is not infallible. It is not what everyone. Wanted it to be uh, In other words The piece of machinery That would eradicate all mistakes Because uh, We've watched the Scotland ladies team uh, Have a penalty awarded against them For example Which was not a penalty To my way of thinking So VAR is not infallible uh, But it's a long way off Being introduced here uh, Because of cost I suspect And that may be no bad thing Because you know, Yes referees need assistance but some referees are looking into that machine and coming up with the wrong conclusion. That's the thing. It all comes down to, you know, human error. And it, it is all, there is rules there, but a lot of it is sort of objective at, at times. And it just becomes another thing that people argue about and, and disagree over as we yeah. saw at the Women's World Cup. Well, you know, no one trusts referees in Scotland. Uh, and they always think a referee has an agenda against this club or another. Uh, but... These referees who have been able to use VAR have not used it to 100% satisfaction in my estimation because mistakes are still being made VAR assisted. 
01419511025 if you want to come on the phones. Thank you to Jeffrey in Gifnock. Scott is a Rangers fan in Falkirk. Scott. Hi, Scott. What's your point tonight? Um, I'd just I'd like to ask uh, you a quick question. I've been listening to Silver Scoreboard for a few months now, and um, it keeps banging on about how the discipline has cost Rangers a league. We've never been in a cup final this year, not the rest of it, which is a valid point. But what, what about the the last three games, four games of the season, where Celtic were scoring in the 90 odd minutes? The league would have been near enough bang on in points if that wasn't the case. But it keeps banging on about indiscipline's cost us that. Well, you. But first of all, you said that I had a valid point when I said that. The, the indiscipline isn't it right. I'm not arguing with that point. But uh-huh. you keep saying that is why. That's why Rangers never put up a decent title challenge and all the rest of it. I mean, no, you, you, haven't listened, you haven't listened properly. In answer to Jeffrey, the first caller, I said that it, it was a factor, but it was not the sole reason why Rangers did not get to a cup final and why they finished nine points behind Celtic. Because, and I cited the example of Kilmarnock, the number of points dropped to Kilmarnock, for example, was a contributory factor. Uh, Stevie Clark just had a side who had Rangers' number. So I made the point It was not just about indiscipline But indiscipline is a factor That's for sure Of course it's a factor But there's also a factor where The 90 odd minute goals Have came in If that wasn't If it wasn't for Pure injury time goals The league would have been Pretty much neck and neck But listen so but, but, but listen that, that You're forget, a bitter wee man Oh I'm a bitter wee man <laughs> Anyway, I'll try, although he's a bitter wee man, I'll try and give him a a, a, a civil answer. Uh, 90 plus minute goals are as valid as goals scored in the first minute. If you have the determination, the stamina, to go and score goals at that particular time, then that is why you're champions. And there were days when Celtic played abysmally. And I, I go back to Celtic at Dens Park. Nil-nil Up until The 90-whatever minute uh, When Odson Edwards scored It got Celtic Three invaluable points But although they were not playing well They hung on and hung in And they eventually got their reward So If you'll accept that as the answer From a bitter wee man That's my answer It's what it comes down to Over the course of the season I don't think you can ever Just say This is the one thing That won this team the league and this is the one reason why this team didn't win the league Steven Gerrard said it himself he talked about ill-discipline another thing he talked about towards the end of the season that they had to get better at was consistency yeah. so Steven Gerrard knows himself that it wasn't just ill-discipline that cost Rangers the title he knows that consistency is another thing they need to sort yeah you know Rangers get two wins over Celtic which the Rangers fans had spent years hoping for so it showed that Rangers on their day could have Celtic's number as well. But they let themselves down by dropping too many points that should not have been dropped. And they also let themselves down by having too many players red-carded. Now, it is baby talk to go on about, well, if Celtic hadn't scored so many goals in the 91st, 92nd, 93rd minute, the league would have been tighter. That's baby talk because, I repeat, A goal in the first minute is as valid as a goal in the 93rd minute 
And if you get off to a flying start Or you finish on a high note Then that's why you're champions 01419511025 On the phone lines Joanne is a Celtic fan in the West End Joanne Hi there, how are you doing? Good, Good. thanks Joanne On you go Joanne Oh hi, sorry Hi guys, how you doing alright? Oh, good Get on a bit Well, I find myself having to call in I don't, I've called in previously But um, tonight I was just listening And I, and I, I couldn't help but feel the negativity um, Has been um, surrounding the referees, you know I have a young son, he's a Celtic man as well And um, he's also a referee, you know A qualified referee And it takes a lot for these um, men and young men who are and women as well who are going into these um, positions and it's what they want to do and they feel that they've got a place in refereeing and it's not an easy thing to do you know they do sit test whatever and I keep and you know I feel as if the comment tonight from yourself um, is quite negative and I know what you're saying about this new system that's been introduced and you know but um, I know that at first hand I've watched my son refereeing personally. And um, amateur men's games, um, just uh, say no more apart from Paisley League. And my son uh, received the most horrendous amount of abuse um, on one particular game, and it was really, really bad. And I know what you're saying about this and that, but I just feel as if could we just kind of calm down with the negativity um, surrounding your thoughts on this? But, it, but it's not negativity. It's not negativity. It's simply a it's simply a statement of fact. Uh, in the, the season gone by, Joanne, I'm trying to give you an explanation. In the season gone by, uh, Celtic issued a statement in which they queried the referee who missed a succession of offences in uh, a Rangers Celtic game. Rangers issued a statement in which they said that they felt Willie Collum uh, basically had an agenda against Rangers. He had issues with the club. Uh, so that's not negativity I'm simply giving you a history lesson Recent history And I've also made the point That people believe that VAR Would eradicate referees' mistakes When clearly it does not Because referees abroad Are able to look at VAR And they're coming up with the wrong conclusion In my estimation And you know If your son Dislikes the abuse Then of course He's quite right To dislike the abuse Who needs it I've already been called A bitter wee man On the programme tonight I don't need that But Abuse Goes with the territory When you're a referee That's not negativity That is what happens Week in Week out And has happened For all time Up until now And will happen For all time After now I just feel as if, you know, like, you know how they, they, they will use the saying as sore losers. I feel as if, and these, I mean, they need to let it go. If they lost a game, they lost a game. Whether it's Celtic, whether it's Rangers, whether it's anyone. I, I just feel like they should stop looking and, um, you know, picking out stuff. You know, this is about the referee. They did this, they did that. You know, these people are not in positions because they just... You know, you just walked in and said I want to become a referee. You sit all, you sit in tests. You know, the procedures that you go through. You must be obviously um, um, able to, you know, um, work with children and different things. You know, this isn't, you know. So I think more, um, you know, that people should appreciate that they have a position as as do other professionals. Yeah, Joanne, you know, I, I agree with you, but this is not utopia. This is the, the real world 
And I fully understand what referees go through to become fully qualified referees and graduate to the highest possible level, which in this country is the Scottish Premiership. However, people pay their money. They are abusive towards referees. Some of it goes way beyond the pale, but you're wasting your time. The world is the way it is and it's not going back to any other more genteel way. Thank you to Joanne in the West End 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Joanne was saying there about the, the negativity surrounding referees but these comments from Stephen Gerrard today are, are quite the opposite. If anything, he's, yeah. he's been negative towards his, his players. He's saying he's having to, to do something to try and make sure that the players don't put themselves in the position where they get red cards. I have no doubt that among the 12 red cards there have been those that Stephen Gerrard vehemently disagrees with. However... What he's saying is that the sheer volume was too great for him. These players have got to show a higher degree of professionalism, not place themselves in positions of danger where the referee contemplates and in some cases does give them a red card. So, as I say, he's asking for a higher degree of professionalism. He shouldn't have to ask, but he is. I'm interested to know how he's planning on doing that because I remember towards the end of last season when he'd been asked about discipline one of the things he'd said was that he's not in the business of taking money out of the players' pockets because yeah. they have families he didn't feel that, that that was quite right but how do you put in more strict punishments and more harsh punishments on your players without fining them financially? Stephen Gerrard is quite right you know this is a guy from the city of Liverpool where wages are hard earned and uh, Families cannot be denied money And uh, of course people will be shouting at the radio Saying well they're all on £20,000 a week And so on and so forth The same principle applies Stephen Gerrard doesn't want to take Money away from a player and his family However For me it's the only discipline uh, The only way to answer in discipline Unless you actually say Anyone who gets a red card When their ban is over They don't play in the game thereafter because I am going to punish you as well But then you're getting two punishments for the same crime So the only thing is To do what Stephen Gerrard has done And simply point out to players Look, this is costing us Cut it out 01419511025 We'll have more of your calls after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to thompsons.com Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Plenty of calls in the first part, talking about Rangers discipline. They also had a game at the weekend, Hugh. They had their first game of pre-season. They took on Mansfield in a friendly on Saturday. It was one of these sort of closed-door pre-seasons, one that they do. It was, it was three 30-minute yeah. sort of thirds, not halves. But um, one of these ones that you know Stephen Gerrard managed to get all seven of his new signings out onto the pitch. But the European qualifiers kick off in, in less than two weeks' time. It's yeah. come around so fast, haven't they? Well, you know, Rangers uh, did it their way at the weekend. Uh, Neil Lennon has had Celtic over in Austria where one team has played the first half, another team has played in the second half. It's all about putting strength into the players' legs uh, at all clubs at this time of the season. I know that Neil's uh, had a go at the, the scheduling. Yes, it's unfortunate, but it's the price you have to pay. We are regarded as a small country. UEFA are now making it their business to make it harder for clubs from small countries to get into the group stages. It's the price that Celtic pay for being champions of Scotland and 
they just have to get on with it. Yeah, I mean, he said this, the schedule was ridiculous. He did go on to say that, you know, it's just something they have to deal with, yeah. you know, because they want to get into the Champions League group stages, but they need to be up to speed. And, and that's something that we'll need to see because it's so important at this stage, yeah. despite the fact they've only had two friendlies and they're now going into a game that he gets his players up to speed. You look at the likes of, of Lee Griffiths, Bayo, Schved, players that haven't really had much experience in a Celtic shirt of late yeah. Bio at all Shved at all so he really needs to get these players going well th- there are optimistic signs for him you know Bio scored a, a nice goal at the weekend Lee Griffiths to see the ball go into the back of the net for the first time in six months must have been quite a moment for him so you can't complain that's just the way it is it is a hefty price to pay but it's because we are regarded as a backwater by UEFA if you want to get on the phone it's Peter a Celtic fan in Moss Park that's up next Peter Hi good evening gents Hi Peter Um, Just just, I want to obviously find out what you you think of the scenario in in relation to um, the deluded Rangers fans that I'm, I'm coming across more and more and what I mean by that is there is a huge gulf Regardless of the signings that Stephen Gerrard has made this summer, there is a huge gulf between the quality of the sides. Now, he's, he's brought in, I believe, seven players. Maybe one, maybe two of them are a decent standard. The rest of them, in my opinion, are just squad fillers. that are dross. Um, the, the, from man for man, the Celtic squad, all the way through the squad, all the way through the first eleven. Is, is far superior to Rangers So I'm just interested in what you guys thought of that Well on the 1st of July Peter I would not discount Rangers chances uh, You are right insofar as they have not Signed anyone who leaps out at you But uh, for all you know Peter Joe Aribo could be the signing of the summer uh, So to refer to players as dross Is uh, insulting, disrespectful and Highly premature You're going to have to wait Until some football matches Have been played Peter Before you Dismiss Rangers And all that has taken place Surely that's fair Yeah It's fair But I mean I've been hearing this now Obviously for the last Sort of three years And and we've won Nine trophies out of nine We keep hearing The Rangers are coming But I'm still waiting I'm still waiting There is a huge gulf In, in the Rangers Support Need to realise that It's going to be Another two Three four years Before they're Anywhere near well, The Celtic are As you said Peter In your estimation uh, Rangers supporters Will disagree with you And we really do need Of course Celtic have utterly Dominated Scottish football For three years They've won nine trophies In succession But we do really need to get some matches played at the start of next season to see where we are, surely, Peter? Yeah, I, I do agree with that. But, I mean, again, this is all in prediction. I reckon, again, that we're talking maybe February, the league will be over again. And then we'll be going, and I can't see if Celtic secure nine in a row, which they will. I can't see them losing ten in a row. They, they just, the Rangers support need to simmer down a little bit and stop saying we are the people and... And they need to realise that there is a massive gulf And there will be for years to come Well, Peter, again, in your opinion And the evidence of the last three years Overwhelmingly supports the fact that Celtic are much stronger than Rangers However, 
We have to complete this summer We have to complete the transfer window And we have to get some matches played You speak with the absolute certainty of a fan And that you are entitled to do Because you pay your money And you go and watch your team However You can go over the top Referring to players as dross That's unfair You're going to have to wait until matches are played But Fans speak with absolute certainty However what they say May not be Factually correct in the long run Hugh is it a fair argument to suggest that If Celtic were as superior As Peter is making out that They wouldn't have lost twice To Rangers last season Well The gap Was once substantial It has become less so But As I said there are Optimistic signs for Neil Lennon In Marion Shved In the return of Lee Griffiths uh, In the Apparently Good performances given so far By Bio up front There's no doubt that they need to strengthen Defensively There remains this uncertainty over whether Kieran Tierney is going to be the subject Of an improved bid by Arsenal Or does Wilfred Zaha's bid Lessen the chances of Kieran Tierney going to Arsenal All of these imponderables have to be answered And then, as I say, we'll know Once you've been round the circuit Once Celtic and Rangers have played 11 games Then we'll know where they stand It was interesting as well It was You mentioned that just before we came on air There was the breaking news that reportedly Arsenal have offered £40 million for Wilfred Zaha before that, earlier on in summer, there was reports from down south saying that Arsenal didn't have a, a massive budget for yeah. this season. They've made a bid for Kieran Tierney. It's been rejected. It'll be interesting to see whether this bid that they, they've put in for Wilfred Zaha does have a, a knock-on effect on Kieran Tierney. Yes. You know, the Celtic, I think, have a figure in mind. £15 million pounds is not acceptable to Celtic. It may be that Arsenal could have to go... £10 million beyond that figure To get Kieran Tierney At that point Celtic would have a decision to make What we don't know Is if Wilfred Zaha Leaves Crystal Palace And goes to Arsenal Does that lessen their Chances of getting Kieran Tierney 01419511025 Thank you to Peter In Moss Park Up next is Bill Who is a Celtic fan In Jordan Hill Bill what's your point tonight? I think Celtic should take a 50% stake on David Turnbull, paying Motherwell one and a half million. He doesn't have cruciate ligament trouble, and they should arrange to pay the full amount once he's fit. If he sold to another club in the meantime, I think Celtic would benefit from that. I think they should also pay more attention to giving, bringing in new recruits at fullback and another striker. Well, we'll touch on that, David Turnbull point. It, it sounds like what you're talking about is a sort of co-ownership agreement, yep. Bill, which isn't. They're not allowed in UK football You're not allowed You you see it in other countries The likes yeah. of Portugal and Brazil They do these co-ownerships Where people have rights for players And things like that It's, it's not something that is allowed In football in when, the United Kingdom Once it became certain that David Turnbull needed surgery And would not be able to play football For the next six months Celtic then tried to renegotiate The terms of a deal The terms that they were offering to Motherwell were unacceptable to Motherwell And so David Turnbull goes back there We wish him well with his operation and his rehab And six months from now We'll discuss his future once again And I'm sure that Celtic will want to be Number one on the, the list to sign him When he's 
fully over his operation. Uh, but as you say, Andrew Coe ownership is not allowed, and Celtic will have to wait six months and then take their chances on David Turnbull still being available to them. Bill? Yep. Okay. Um, if that's the case, I mean, they could they could do a deal with Motherwell still and pay one and a half million up front and pay the, the remainder whenever he's fit. Well, whatever was discussed between Motherwell and Peter Lawwell, it wasn't to Peter Lawwell's liking. Uh, so you'll have to wait six months and then see if Celtic are going to go in for the player and sign him on a permanent basis at the money Motherwell wish to get for the player. Yeah, well, we understand that the the offer that Celtic put in for, for David Turnbull on renegotiated terms was uh, a smaller fee up front, which would act as a loan fee. Then mm-hmm. Celtic would have taken him on loan until the end of the season. And then basically, if he'd proved his fitness and Celtic were happy, then they would have paid the full amount. But Motherwell turned around and said, no, absolutely not. That is not how we want to do this deal. Well, at the end of the day, he's their player. Celtic, for their part, have said to Arsenal, £15 million for Kieran Tierney, not acceptable to us. And that's okay, because Kieran Tierney is Celtic's player. So, what's good for Motherwell is good for Celtic. Well, thank you to Bill in Jordan Hill, 01419511025, if you want to come on the phone. Celtic did, over the weekend, make their second signing of the summer. Of course, Christopher Julian came in for a fee of around £7 million on Friday. It then came to Saturday and they made their second signing. signing. Luca Connell, just 18 years old, came in from Bolton. He, he seems to be very highly rated mm. down there. One that, that Celtic rolled out the red carpet to make sure they, they tried to get and they've managed to secure him here. Yeah, he looks a very interesting signing from Celtic's perspective. Uh, although he's played for the Republic of Ireland, he could still change allegiance and play for England. Uh, so they are interested. They're monitoring his situation. Uh, so that tells you that you have a, a potentially very good player in your hands And you've got him in a four year contract Bolton as a club became a financial basket case But Luca Connell managed a dozen games in what is a very high standard The championship is a very high standard And the 18 he was holding down his place in the Bolton side So he does look to be a very interesting signing from Neil Lennon's point of view yeah, by the way, it was an interesting deal as well because of the financial trouble that Bolton are in. Um, Luca Connell was able to sort of submit a notice of termination to his contract. They did release a statement after he signed for Celtic. It said, we took legal advice once Luca submitted his notice of termination. However, the discrepancy in regulations between England and Scotland meant we had no option to but to accept the situation. To their credit, Celtic recognised that and have agreed to pay substantially more than the financial obligations in Luca's contract. But if he's half the player that he seems to be, Celtic have got themselves an absolute bargain. So... It's a a tidy piece of business on Celtic's behalf And I I think that Neil Lennon would be looking to have Luca Connell As a regular member of the first team squad There was a story I read this morning Luca Connell had been been speaking to the media out at Celtic's training camp And uh, one of these ones that just makes you laugh He was born in Liverpool, he's brought up there as an Everton fan And it was the fact that he was saying that whenever he Heard you'll never walk alone on the TV He used to mute the TV So he's now going to have to have a change of mindset Give him about four weeks to be saying it on the team bus <laughs> Well um, in terms of You know obviously Celtic have signed Julian's around £7 million We believe Luca Connell's come in as well 
there was that three million pounds plus for David Turnbull that was going to be the outlay that they now haven't spent. It looks as if there's still money there for Celtic and oh, Neil yeah. Lennon desperate still to get players in. Yeah, he needs players. You know, the, the full-back position, as I say, there's uncertainty over Kieran Tierney. Uh, he's still recovering from injury, for one thing. Uh, Arsenal will find out in due course how serious they are about wanting to get Kieran Tierney in this transfer window. Uh, but Michael Lustig is gone, so there's a full-back needed on the other side of the park as well. Uh, I would imagine there might even be another central defender, another striker. Uh, so there's plenty of business to be done yet by Celtic But it's the 1st of July Neil Lennon has plenty of players to cope with The onset of the Champions League qualifiers uh, But I'd be amazed if there weren't two or three new faces By the time Celtic kick off uh, against St Johnston on the 3rd of August 01419511025 on the phone lines We'll be hearing from Kenny Miller after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And Hugh, you've been doing this show for years and years and years. There's yes, a, some a, of them good. And a player that has been around for almost as long as you've been <laughs> uh, on this show is Kenny Miller. He was yeah. speaking today for the first time since he became a Partick Thistle player. It's his 12th club and he's going to be turning 40 in December. But he just keeps on going. I have the utmost respect for Kenny Miller. Uh, he's had a terrific career. He has the unique distinction of having played for Celtic and Rangers. He gave both clubs his all. Uh, and... Even at his advanced years uh, He always appears as fit as a fiddle Always has that instinct for goal And I think Partick Thistle have got themselves A real good one here As they try to get promotion It's interesting because when players Managers sign players of, of, of that age Or even younger than that sometimes And people will be like Oh you know maybe their legs are gone But they bring that experience But mm. That's not the case with Kenny Miller because he, he still looks as fit as he did when he was 20. Correct. And uh, yes, he brings experience to the table as well. So he's got everything. He's got the goal-scoring knack. He's got the pace that's still there. And most important of all, Andrew, he's got the determination because he has not yet reached that stage where he's thinking, I can't be bothered. He can be bothered all right. And it's a good signing for Partick Thistle. There's only one aim in life for Partick Thistle next season, and that's to get out of the Championship and back up to the big boys' playground. And Kenny Miller will certainly help in that regard. Well, speaking today, Kenny Miller says he won't be getting any special treatment from his old friend Gary Caldwell when he plays under him at Partick Thistle this season. He says it was an easy decision to join Caldwell at the Jags and that he signed to get his hands on the Championship trophy. Me and Gary have spoke for a long, long time, way back when we were playing together in the, with the national team about potentially working together at some point through the... Once we had finished playing, actually, I mean, obviously I'm still playing at the moment, but him being here and, and me knowing him as a person uh, and how good a coach, manager that he is, was massive for me. So no, it's no strange, yeah, it's a bit different when you're, when you're older than the manager, but... It's someone that I say to him, I'm very familiar with and uh, very comfortable about as well. So, yeah, it's been a big part of it. Do you get any special treatment <coughs> or do you have to call him Gaffer just the same as No, him? no, he's Gaffer. I wouldn't have that anywhere. I would imagine the goal is, is to win the league. 
get the team back to the Premier League and to be honest I don't think there'll be any, anything else I mean I know how he, he sees me fitting into the team we've spoken about that already so at the moment it's about getting everybody together gelling and getting the team playing the way the manager wants us to play and this is the bet for the games they, they'll play a big part in that and getting us ready for the league season let's just make sure that we're, we're right on it for the for day one this season and let's say I'm, I'm here to win a league See, it's all about professional respect. You, know, Kenny Miller happens to be two years older than Gary Caldwell. Uh, I happen to uh, have been on this program longer than you've been alive, Andrew. So uh, we we show each other professional respect, and they will show each other that professional respect at Firhill. And uh, you know, Gary Caldwell is going to need all the help he can get because there's a league next season that's going to have Dundee wanted to get back up in a winner. Dundee United, three years down the line, still can't get out of there. They'll be desperate. John Robertson always does a good job with the Inverness Cali Thistle, Ian McCall, Air United. Uh, and now, Gary Caldwell's added Kenny Miller and a good goalkeeper in Scott Fox. So it'll be a fine championship next season. Well, Gary Caldwell was speaking today as well. He says Kenny Miller brings plenty of top attributes to Partick Thistle, saying that he can even help with the coaching team. The Jags boss says they're clear on what they want to achieve this season, but he'll be keeping those goals in-house. He's a, a fantastic player, uh, but he's somebody I've known a long time and his character is huge in terms of what he will bring to this club, the standards he sets, uh, the winning mentality that he has uh, and the career he has and the career he still has. He's still fit, he's still hungry uh, and that was the kind of most important thing for me. He wants to obviously become a coach and a manager as he, as he tried early last season, but the main thing that he said to me when he came in was I want to come and play and I want to help you be successful as a player and he can obviously come in and touch on the coaching side as and when he, he feels he needs to but he's come here to, to score goals and, and be successful. Giving aims and, and setting you know big targets and telling everyone what you're going to do is dangerous. We know what we want to achieve as a football club. I think what I enjoy and what the players will enjoy is the, the process and the journey towards that. We will aim to be a team that, first of all, the fans can be proud of. They can come and associate with the team and, and see that it's a Partick Thistle team uh, and we will aim to, to win every football match. We accept that might not happen and when it doesn't, we're ready for that adversity and ready for the challenge to, to keep improving. If, you, if you're able to sign Scott Fox on a two-year contract, and if you're able to coax Kenny Miller to finish his playing career at your club, then there can only be one target, and that is promotion back up to the Premier League. Uh, you know, Partick Thistle flirted with relegation last season. You have to assume that that won't be the case this season, uh, but there is only one target. You don't set yourself a target of finishing Second so that you get a playoff place You don't set a target of third You set the target of getting up And Partick Thistle ought to have The infrastructure to think along those lines John is a Rangers fan in Largs John what's your point tonight? Hi guys how are you doing first of all? Good, Good thanks John thanks. Uh, First of all you yeah, It's just for yourself I'd obviously like to apologise On behalf of the well, let's say a dead from Falkirk would call you a better little man for pointing out facts. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, no worries, I disagree with that. First of all, how can some they're quick to jump in and calling people names if they're only pointing out facts? Myself mm-hmm. as a Rangers fan, um, I play football myself, amateur, so I, I look at a game as I would look to play myself. 
the comment about scoring goals in the 91st, 92nd to 95th minute is outrageous. It's part and parcel of the game. Yep. That's what happens in modern day football. Doesn't matter if it's scored in the first or second minute as to the 91st or second. A winning goal is a winning goal, and that's all that matters. It gets your point, your club the four, three points. Well, to go on that table and push you in front of your rivals Correct, and that's why I said it's a childish remark to make As if Celtic as if Celtic were the only team in Great Britain Who scored goals after the 90th minute had elapsed You know, it is part and parcel of the game And therefore, to say that Celtic owed so much to those goals Yes, of course they did There was, you know, belated winners all over the place for Celtic last season But that is only the hallmark of a team who will not give up if my, if my stats serve me correct, Rangers were one of the teams at top of the table for scoring uh, winning goals in the last 15 minutes of the game uh-huh. last season, if my stats serve me right. So for that as well, we got lucky a few times with scoring some late goals to win the game you see, late on. I, Same way in Europe, we scored see, some equalisers late on. You see, John, I don't consider it lucky. I consider it to be the hallmark of a determined side. So whether it's Rangers in the last 15 minutes Celtic in the 91st, 92nd, 93rd, whatever Hallmark of determination It's not luck You hung in And you got your reward for it in the end So as I say When all was lost When all other points had been lost To the caller earlier on He then resorted to an uncivilised remark But thank you for that John, what are you hoping that, that Stephen Gerrard can, can do over the course of this summer and what changes are you hoping he can make so that Rangers can, can put in that challenge and, and win the title next season? First of all, you've already touched on it, the the red cards and the discipline, there's too many yellows and too many reds which is causing vital players, very important players to miss out some very high-profile games. So first of all, obviously we need to see a we need to see that reducing, see an improvement on that. First of all, if we want to go anywhere. Secondly, is the consistency of the full team from Alan McGregor right up to Alfredo Morelos. There's too many times that I thought myself, I'm a season tire holder, I have been for the last 25 years now. So, watching players hide in big profile games and not consistent as well as not playing as good as well as they probably should do. Which has cost us a lot of points Yeah, I, I mean I had to take a Celtic supporter to task earlier on For referring to some of Rangers signings as dross You know, that is deeply disrespectful uh, And once the season gets underway I remain convinced that Celtic and Rangers As they did last season Will be close to each other Eventually though When push got to shove Celtic had greater determination, ability and squad strength and they became the champions. But it'll be an interesting race next season. John talked about the consistency there as well. When you, you look at Rangers' final seven league games of the season, there was a loss to Kilmarnock at the end, but there was six wins in there. They were hoping that that can be carried over. Sure. And they brought in players who Stephen Gerrard believes will strengthen a squad that at one point, like... December time Drew level on points With Celtic What happened then? We had a winter break What happened then? They went to Kilmarnock Who are The bogeymen for Rangers And they lost at Kilmarnock And that kicked off a spell Where Celtic started to put Clear water between themselves And Rangers And that's what the Rangers have to avoid 
starting August 4th where? at Kilmarnock well thank you to John in Largs and thank you everyone for your calls and tweets tonight thanks to Hugh in the studio I'm back tomorrow night with Gordon DL Callum Gallagher is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors a team that gets results every week talk to thompsons.com